You're now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Sound of Sanity, the podcast that is the best and most premier podcast in the world of podcasting. And I am Nathan, your humble and obedient host. And who's this with me? Are there two other people in this room as opposed to the requisite one that there has been now for several weeks and many episodes of this show? Yes, there are. We've got none other than the preacher who's a teacher of sanity himself. Benjamin J. Sulzer wearing a blue checkered shirt. True. Hello. Hi, Ben. Hi, Nathan. How's life? That's pretty good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Bleep. Would you like to introduce the yep. other person? <laughs> yep. I'm an introduction robot. Um, it's Jake Mitzel, pastor who's a master. Hey. I found the robot. Wow. Too late. That's awesome. Do you want to introduce him again with the robot voice? It's Jake Metzel, a pastor who's a master of sanity. Bleep bloop. <laughs> Hi. How you guys doing? Good. How's it going, Jake? Pretty good. How you guys? Uh, I'm just glad to be back together in the same room once again. It's been mo- literal months, I think, since mm-hmm. the three of us have Has actually really? been together. Yeah, we had some stuff pre-recorded, so I don't think that it's been months across all our podcasts, like... For example, there were some movie podcasts, although Sound of Music still hasn't come out, and that's the one that we recorded together. Me, oh, yeah. me and Ben did 2001. Ourselves, we spared you. I'm so glad I didn't have to watch that movie. From My that goodness. exciting movie. And uh, we had a lot of fun. We did. It was a good discussion. It. it was an excellent discussion. You should You're not feel loser. spared. Loser. You should feel left You're out. You're a loser. loser. You should. In fact... <laughs> Wow. I wasn't going to play that, but... Ah, who's who's to say who's the I'm just going to keep guilt on in a normal way. Yeah, well... That is why you fail. That's probably true. Folks, I've got a soundboard, and I'm not afraid to use it. <laughs> anyway, we're just hanging out today. I don't know. We're all feeling a little insane and stir-crazy. We've been working on fundraising today. I think we get, came up with some good things for uh, Warhorn Media and... So, future. yeah, our basic strategy is to just give you guys a bunch of free stuff as much as we can figure out how to give you and hope that you feel <laughs> morally bound to reciprocate with help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our strategy is to give you free stuff and help you feel morally bound to reciprocate with health. Or, uh, with health. Wow. Yeah, to make with us healthy. healthy. Get, help, get healthy. We want you to get healthy. That's the point. Lift weights. Lift weights. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Eat whole foods. The Hans Zimmer sound effect is, is stuck on repeat. <laughs> I'm glad you turned it off. I was going to start running out of things to say. Yeah. Right yeah, after. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two. <laughs> we got the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> yeah, if we good. ever need a Wilhelm scream, I've got it. I've also got, as long as we're having fun. Yeah, some X-Files. Yeah, next time we talk about back. something paranormal. I don't know what this is. I've got that, whatever that is. I've got this. Yes, sir. We've got some exciting stuff on the way. This is just a heartbeat. This is just like an annoying 
heartbeat like you'd use in a movie trailer. Anyway, so we're going to give people free stuff. Can we say Tell what any tale. of that free stuff is? I guess we can't. We can't because we're still working on some of that. I mean, some of it is just going to be content that's coming your right. way. We've got a great Halloween special of Chip and Lance that mm-hmm. we're working on that Nathan's been working on. We've got, uh, of course, the season of yep. upcoming season of The World We Made that we spent a lot of today working on. Actually, let me give a little hint before we get too far from it as to the contents of the Chip and Lance episode. And well, the hint I have a feeling I know what you're going to do. goes like... This. There you go. That's your hint. All right. That's amazing. Ah! That's right. <laughs> we hired David Duchovny. Yes, we <laughs> hired David Duchovny and uh, that lady that is... Jillian Welch. His girl, yeah. Jillian Jill, Anderson. Jill, Jillian Welch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we hired Jillian Welch. Jillian Welch. She's going to come and play our, some songs for us. Our music has an upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, it just occurred to me that Jillian's a cool name, but I don't think I'll name... My second-born daughter, Jillian. Yeah. But actually, Jillian's J- a good name. Jillian Anderson, but Jillian Welch is actually pronounced Gillian with a hard G. I'm oh, pretty really? sure that's right. That's just confusing. Yeah, Gillian. I think, I think she pronounces it with a hard G, Gillian right. Welch. Yeah. It could be wrong about that. I'm going to have to look it up now. So we've got Chip and Lance. We've got a season of World We Made, which is going to be fantastic. It's on abortion. It's going to be sobering, but also informative and fun insofar as such things are fun. It's going to be good. It's I don't know what, good. what else to say yep. about it. We've got our first YouTube show coming. Yes, yes. Sanity awesome. on the scene. Really excited about that. Yeah, very excited about that. Looking forward to that. We've been doing some tests on the footage, and yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, it's going to help you understand cinema at long last. We also were hoping to have some books ready for publication soon, and we want to give those to you guys too. Put them in your hands as quickly efficiently as possible just so that you have them as resources so but we're not sure about timelines for those things yet so we can't make promises no we cannot so is that all that we could say about fundraising right now yeah i think so it's also saying a little bit about kind of what we have coming up yep. too yeah yeah i'm excited about all that stuff we do since people always ask me we do have a fantastic script that is basically finished for the next episode of the ville and uh i don't know i don't know when it's happening but it's gonna be worth the wait when it's exciting it's 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 gonna be something like you've never heard before like you've never (laughs) heard before and that's not an exaggeration and i don't mean it's gonna be part two of seamus o'reilly or anything like that it's gonna be all your favorite characters and stuff but in a whole new light let's just say that so yeah, that's all the updates we can give. What else happened today? We did some fundraising. We recorded an aborted Sound of Sanity episode that was a miserable failure. Yeah, we've gone around about all the different types of things we could be talking about in an episode. Mm-hmm. Of that was pretty fun. The aborted Sound of Sanity episode that was a miserable well, failure. Well, no, our, our conversation about all the things we could be talking about was Yeah, fun. we did kind of the classic weird day thing that we do sometimes. It's where like we turn on, we press record and it's not working. We turn it off and argue and talk through why it's not working and if we had just like had record on we would have had a really fun cool interesting wide-ranging yeah. episode for you guys but instead we had the episode where we didn't quite have enough to say jake tried to carry the ball and i was like i don't know if there's enough energy i better do some comedy and then then i was really offended jake at his was comedy like why and- is i'm trying to Make an episode. Why are you interrupting me to do these bits? And I was like, because I'm hilarious, dude. <laughs> what do you want? 
and then we had a little fight, and everything's good now, though. Yeah. I don't have a sound. I'm just going to hit a random sound effect for that one. Everything's good now, though. Everything's fine. fine. It's yeah. so great. Yeah, me and Jake really <laughs> like each other it's a lot. Really, I'm really good. Happy to be here. <laughs> Ben's just happy to. I'll hit another random one. Ben's just happy to to be here. Be here. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's gonna be just fine. Everything's just fine. Just fine. Nothing can possibly go wrong. So then we had. Do we want to say what our post? Oh my goodness, this, this, is, a long, this is a long, long one. one. There we go. Do we want to say what our post-episode conversation was about? Or I mean, it was wide-ranging from the nature of Christian nationalism to Dabney to Kinism to Charles Manson and the CIA and the mm-hmm. FBI to Nazim Taleb to Thomas Sowell to... Yeah, we had our cork boards out. We had our string. We were connecting. Connecting all the dots. All Basically, Thomas Sowell exists because of a Charles Manson psyop that resulted in the January 26th raid on the Capitol. Mm-hmm. All of Ooh. which was predicted by Dabney in his classic <laughs> work of Did you say the January 26th raid on the Capitol? No. I think that you not. did. I don't think I did. The I think I'm pretty sure that you did. <laughs> Shut up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, if I got to get better at these coming. sound effects, I, I really wanted that one. <laughs> that's, that's right. Well, yeah, it's, I don't know. Is there anything we can say about that conversation? <laughs> Racism is bad. Racism is bad. A nuanced understanding of slavery is good that involves the actual realities of the Old Testament as opposed to... I mean, one of the things that you have to deal with even when you're talking about abortion is the fact that a lot of our arguments about slavery are connected to our arguments about feminism and homosexuality and Roe v. Wade. It's all like there's this whole web of, of rhetoric that is deeply ingrained in American civil politics and American civil religion that is really hard to untangle because you don't know what threads to pull on and where to stop. And so it's why kids get caught up in college because they're professors. Everybody knows that slavery is bad and evil. And so it's really easy for a college professor to throw uh, slavery as you see it in scripture in a college student's face and cause a moral crisis. Right. So we, I mean, that was just part of the conversation and it was connected to abortion. It was connected to all kinds of other things that we've been we've been talking about. And some of it, and the reason I made the joke about Charles Manson and in everything else is because some of it does just feel like a setup, right? The the minute you start pulling on a thread and you say, well, all of the abolitionist arguments, not all of the abolitionist arguments were actually good. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of bad anti-slavery abolitionist arguments which doesn't mean that it was wrong to end slavery, but it does mean that you cannot adopt all of those arguments. The minute you start pulling on that thread, you get people pivoting into this sort of like weird, well, we should just be pro-slavery then. Right. Way of talking and thinking. That's just... Right. But it turns out you can actually have a nuanced view of these things, be very much against violent Southern chattel slavery, and uh, understand that there is some form of biblically sanctioned 
slavery in the Old Testament that's something else. And mm-hmm. it's know. all much more complicated and mm-hmm. and difficult than that. And that's where we got to talking about Thomas Sowell. And yeah, if you want to read one of the best works on slavery in general, what's the name of the essay? I think it's the real history of slavery. Yeah, and it's in a book called Black Rednecks and White Liberals. Yeah, Is that yeah. what it's called. Thomas Sowell traces the history of slavery through the world, and it's just fascinating. All the different cultures that have enslaved and used slaves in the way. And I don't know. I don't know that I want to get go into it too much, but it, 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 there's several eye opening things, and it's not some silly conspiracy theory. Actually, the Confederacy was good kind of thing. Um, <laughs> no. Very much the opposite. Thomas Sowell is a black gentleman, in case anybody did not know that. So yeah, we talked about that. We talked about Charlie Manson. Because I read a book about Charlie Manson. I forget what it's called. It's called Chaos, colon, the CIA, char- something, Charlie Manson, and the end of the 60s or something like that. Mm. And it was a story. It was written by a guy who worked for Premier Magazine and on the 40th anniversary of the Manson murders was given an assignment to dig up some new material and it ended up swallowing something like a decade of his life as he pulled on all these threads, found all these things. He was not by nature a conspiracy theorist at all, but he just kept uncovering connections and connections that he could never put it all together which is the reason why it, he never actually released an article, but it all ended up snowballing into this book. But it's a really interesting book, and it's not grisly true crime. I mean, you have to put up with a basic description of what happened, the La Brea murders and the, 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 the two different houses where Manson's acolytes went and murdered people. Mm-hmm. You have to know the basic facts of that. But it is not. It is actually a repudiation of... Helter Skelter. Helter Skelter was written by the DA who prosecuted Charlie Manson, Vincent Bugliosi, and it is considered a classic of true crime, maybe the classic after Truman Capote's In Cold Blood, considered a classic of true crime, and everybody just accepts that as the Manson narrative. But this guy begins to discover things that Bugliosi did not include or details that he changed, or he begins pulling on all these threads and realizes basically that they wanted a very clean way of prosecuting Manson. At the very least, they wanted to say he was a some kind of emblem of evil hippiedom, that he was... Whole, the hell. natural outworking of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that's, how every, that's how history has decided the case. That's the way we look back on it, is you had the summer of love, you had the sexual revolution, and then it all ends in murder and despair. I mean, it's what that stupid Quentin Tarantino movie was all about, was what if the summer of love could could have continued forever in beautiful, bucolic Hollywood because Brad Pitt was there to murder the crap out of the Manson people instead of it going the other way. Mm-hmm. So it is this signpost of the end of the era, the death of a dream, the death of the sexual revolution, the the end of innocence, all this kind of stuff. And it makes a nice tidy signpost, but this guy argues that that narrative is not complete. And it seems to be, I mean, he presents, he, he doesn't manage and he doesn't claim to ever put it together to have any kind of actual comprehensive theory of what actually happened and what the actual narrative was or even what Manson actually wanted. He just pokes enough interesting holes in the conventional wisdom and digs up a lot of interesting not fire, but smoke. I mean, just the idea that we have documented evidence that the FBI was in Haight-Ashbury doing covert experiments on people with LSD. Like they set up shop 
in San Francisco, mm-hmm. had people dress as hippies, got young women agents to dress as provocative hippies, and then they would get real hippies to come in. They would give them LSD and other drug cocktails and try to practice mind control, try to crack the code for how you could make somebody murder against their will, how you could basically change pe- someone's mind, um, not, not change their mind, like, now I'm voting Democrat, but... Actually alter their mind. Alter their mind. Implant, implant thoughts. Memories. Implant memories. And that stuff's all... Sounds like crazy conspiracy stuff, but it's absolutely documented. Declassified. Declassified. I mean, many of, of course, many of the files have been destroyed and we don't have half of the information that we we wish we had, but we know that for a fact that they were doing it. We know who, who was doing it. We know that the FBI and CIA have been involved in this kind of thing for decade upon decade upon decade and the use of psychedelic drugs. Right. For all of it. That was part of, I guess our larger conversation too is just like they're just experts in sort of psychological warfare. Yeah. And so. Well, and all the conspiracy theories that kind of revolve around this have to, and and there's no definitive proof one way or the other, but it's like, what did the FBI actually want? What, what would the government actually want with a tribe like Mans, the Manson family, which were just these sexually debauched LSD laced, violent hippies living kind of a nomad life out on spa ranch by themselves. One of the facts that the guy digs up is that Charlie Manson was on payroll. He was violating it and they stole, sorry, payroll, payroll. He was on payroll. (laughs) (laughs) He was being paid by the government (laughs) to be an assassin. Now that would be fire instead of smoke. That would be fire. No, no, no. He, he could have and should have gone to jail any number of times for any number of things he did up to and including gross sexual acts with minors, things like that, like where there are, there are four or five stories where the police have him, they know who he is, they know he has committed a felony, and then something happens and he's just allowed to walk away. And I personally think the most plausible theory is people are stupid, life is chaotic, weird things happen, whatever. Our minds want to make fantastic connections, but actually we're always trying to make sense of things that don't always make sense right it's actually possible and and in fact more likely that the police just messed it up four times than it is that there was a cia op or something like that but the cia was doing ops in france in san francisco when charlie manson was there they were doing they were known to infiltrate hippies hippie groups the black panthers like there's just so many things you could connect. And I think, I, I guess the point is the, the larger part of our conversation was kind of why, what what vested interest would they have in allowing a Charlie Manson to just go free or or even commit murders? And that's an interesting connect, connection. Your question, you were connecting it to a book you've been reading. Well, I was sort of connecting it in some ways to anti-fragile by Nassim Taleb, which mm-hmm. is probably one of the most cool, exciting, interesting books that I've read in a long time. I, I feel like there's a sense in which my, my man, it's kind of hard to talk about because I don't know that I have fully processed it, but I guess what the simplest way to say it is that Taleb is refreshing and exciting because he is a true intellectual and 
all the right ways in a way that's like original and creative and exciting and insightful, just really fun to read and to enrich in on every page and every paragraph. Although I'm listening to him, but I really feel like I'm shortchanging him by listening to him and that I'm doing him a disservice. And I want to, I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm done listening to, to this book. I might, it's part of a series of five books and I, I'll probably end up reading everything that this guy's written unless, which I mean, most people don't even regard this as his best work. Hmm. So there are two other works that are, I think considered to be more game changing or more helpful or more insightful, which is better. Uh, one's called Black Swan. The other's called Skin in the Game. And uh, so I'm probably going to read those at some point. I'll probably at least own hard copies. I may not ever get around to actually going through and reading them, but I feel almost a sense of like, I, I feel generally no obligation towards anybody when it comes to reading or books. I, I, I read what I read. I stop. I used to be much more of a completionist. Now I just don't care. I'm just, I'm out to learn. I'm out to grow. I'm out to take what I can get in the form that I am most likely to get it. I'm not going to sit with a book on my, sh- on my nightstand feeling guilty about it and keeping me from other books. I'm just not that person anymore. I used to be that kind of person and I stopped being that kind of person and Audible helped change that. But I really feel like I might just go back and I might finish this book and turn around and listen again. Mm-hmm. I might finish this book and buy hard copy. I might finish it and go listen to the rest of Taleb. Just really cool, really exciting and fun stuff. And it, and it's like part of the difficulty, I, I guess, even with the further with the earlier episode was it's hard to talk about why. And I, I likened it to Chesterton's defend Western civilization. Mm-hmm analogy was like, well, it's easy to attack something that you don't like or that's small or discreet. But when it's like defend Western civilization, you're like, well, did you see the table and the the chairs and the light bulb over there? And it's just hard to to defend. Mm -hmm. This book feels kind of like that. I don't want to make it out to be more than it is. It's not like, it's just really good. It's a, and it's a, really good handles and frames for understanding the world as it actually works, I think. And as we, as it actually is and where it might be headed and how much we can and can't know about it, but how we can also, I don't know. So it's, it's just worth hitting your head against. Yeah. So anyhow, I, I guess where that kind of came to bear on, on the discussion of Manson and the CIA and the FBI and all of the kind of, controls and in ways that we try to shepherd our our overlords try to shepherd society. Taleb would say that's the work of fragilistas, fragile creating a f- fragility, making it into our world in such a way that it's gonna blow up. It's all gonna blow up. It's all gonna become increasingly more vulnerable to a black swan event. But in the same way that the the more that the state of California works to prevent forest fires Right. The more vulnerable it becomes to the big forest fire because it's not allowing nature to take its course and have its self corrective measures where the system is stressed and it comes back stronger and less vulnerable. And what I said was that's actually a pretty good paradigm for understanding the government, why the government might have a vested interest, not just in allowing Charlie to have his ranch, but in allowing the Manson family murders 
because what that actually is is a self-correction to the self, to the sexual revolution, which was getting out of hand, to the debauchery of Hollywood. I mean, Manson scared Hollywood. He scared Jack Nicholson, Warren Beatty, that whole generation were so debauched pre-Manson, and then they're locked in their houses, afraid they're going to be murdered for months afterwards. So I'm not saying that that would be a good reason to allow the Manson family to murder several innocent, innocent people, but it's just interesting to contemplate that as a paradigm for why our overlords might allow certain terrible, vicious, random things to happen, which I know probably sounds like a crazy conspiracy theory, but if you're at all interested in this kind of stuff, I do recommend the book Chaos. I forget what the gentleman's name is. Tom, Tom O'Doherty, I think, or something like that. Huh. It's really not crazy cuckoo, banana pants stuff. It's it's interesting. It's well-researched. He doesn't draw any insane conclusions. He just presents all the weird smoke that surrounded all that kind of stuff. It's really interesting. And I think it helped me understand more of the world that I live in, just in terms of understanding the perpetual motion machine that is the bureaucracy behind the deep state, behind Whatever else you want to say about the FBI, the CIA, conspiracy theories, all this stuff, what I think becomes clearer the more you read about these kinds of things is there's not a master plan. There's not some Mm -hmm. coven of world leaders at a table figuring out who and what they want to do. There's just a bunch of little men locked in unending bureaucracies that make decisions and those things can turn into the things that i mean it's not like some guy said we're gonna do mind control i mean some bureaucrat was just like this could be interesting and then he signed a paper and then another guy was like that is and then it goes through nine levels and then finally it gets to the crazy scientist that actually wants to do mind control and wants a free pass to have sex with young women and do lsd in in the name of government research it's just crazy how these things perpetuate themselves so i don't know anything else we want to talk about today gentlemen before we bid adieu to our listeners i'll hit another random musical beat while we think Kind of makes it hard to think. Like into your mind. You must enter your mind. All right. Well, I think people should empty their mind of anything that doesn't involve giving to our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity. You go there, you give like the equivalent of a cup of coffee a month. You get access to our Discord. You get to talk about Charles Manson all you want with us. And uh, Ben won't shut up on our Discord about Charlie Manson. It's just Manson this, Manson that, Marilyn Manson. He's kind of a Manson head. He's a real Manson head, yeah. It's pretty hard for me to shut up. Yep. Uh, You've you've carved a swastika into your forehead and everything. (laughs) Oh, well. You know. (laughs) (laughs) this is a good yes ending right there (laughs) okay uh uh 
boy, I have nothing else to say. Till next time. Stay sane. <laughs>